millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What's up, saucerheads? This is Ryan Sprague from the Somewhere in the Skies podcast, and I have an exclusive offer for you to come join me at AlienCon Los Angeles. AlienCon brings together UFO researchers, the stars of ancient aliens, and science fiction fan favorites. But most importantly, it brings us all together as like-minded people to talk about these topics. I'll be giving lectures and taking part in numerous panel discussions with some of the most popular UFO and unexplained podcasts out there today. And don't forget to check out live podcast recordings of Somewhere in the Skies and Unknown, hosted by Jason McClellan. It's going to be a jam-packed weekend you won't soon forget and you get to be a part of. The event is June 21st, 22nd, and 23rd at the Los Angeles Convention Center. Tickets are on sale right now at TheAlienCon.com. And if you use the promo code SKIES at checkout, you'll get an exclusive discount on all tickets. Again, use the promo code SKIES. For guest info, special offers, full schedule, and tickets, visit TheAlienCon.com. And I'll see you there. Welcome to Somewhere in the Skies. I'm your host, Ryan Sprague. Before we get to this week's Witness Accounts episode, I have to take a moment to acknowledge someone we unfortunately lost this past week in the UFO field. Stanton T. Friedman. That name will be very familiar to many of you out there, but if it's not, basically, we have this man to thank for literally breaking the Roswell UFO story. It was his hard work and unwavering dedication to tracking down first-hand witnesses that have made this case the most famous UFO event and cover-up of all time. I remember the first time I recognized him at a UFO conference in Arizona. I was too scared to talk to him. I mean, I was very, very new to the UFO game at this point. But as the years went on and I saw him more regularly, I finally gathered the courage to get a book signed by him. That book was Crash at Corona all about the Roswell UFO crash. It was the first ever book on UFOs I picked up at my local library as a 13-year-old. We spoke briefly after he signed my book, and the years would go on, and on April 1st, 2018, I had the amazing opportunity to interview Mr. Friedman for the 50th episode of Somewhere in the Skies. It was an interview I would never forget. After announcing his retirement from the UFO lecture circuit, I thought it would be a perfect time to hear all about his life and careers in and out of the UFO field. Listening back to that episode now, every single word has now been elevated and taken to heart more than I could have possibly known at the time. Only a few months after that interview, I had the rare opportunity to speak alongside him at his last ever lecture in Canada during the Halifax Esotericon Conference put on by Stanton Friedman's very own nephew and a close friend of mine, Paul Kimball. Mr. Friedman stood in front of a packed audience and gave the same lecture he'd given almost 40 years ago, and it was just as relevant today as it was back then. 
Another thing we have are physical trace cases. You know, police look for fingerprints and footprints. Well, we ufologists, that's ufologists, not ufologists. <laughs> Uh, look for physical trace cases. A guy named Ted Phillips in Missouri has collected several thousand physical trace cases from at least 80 countries. These are cases in which the saucer is seen on or near the ground, and after it leaves, one finds physical changes, the equivalent of burn surface, burn rings, landing gear marks. This is one in Delphos, Kansas. The soil has changed down about 10 inches, and the soil in the ring I measured, had the composition measured of the soil in the rain and in the, from the surrounding area. Higher level of soluble minerals. Definite physical traces associated with the presence of a flying saucer. I remember sitting in the front row of the audience and just thinking of what it must have been like for this man touting flying saucers are real. Back in the days when Project Blue Book was telling us that they were everything but And throughout the years, Mr. Friedman wasn't without controversy, but he was a man of conviction, and he paved the way and built the roads that all of us seekers of truth are now navigating. Have I pleased everybody? I certainly have not. That's the price you pay. I had a father-in-law who said, when you're playing bridge, if you don't get set once in a while, you're not bidding high enough. So if you can't stand the heat, as Harry Truman said, get out of the kitchen. I can stand the heat, and I will continue to do it as long as I can. Stanton Friedman passed away on May 13th. He died doing what he loved most, speaking on the topic of UFOs. He was on his way home from giving a talk in Ohio. This seems very fitting, and I'm sure he wouldn't have it any other way. He saw friends, he saw colleagues, he shared his research, and I know he opened the eyes of many that were in the audience that day, just like he did for me when I was 13 years old. This episode is dedicated to the memory of Stanton T. Friedman. May he now finally rest, finding the answers he's always sought somewhere in the skies. This is Somewhere in the Skies with Ryan Spread. Hi, my name's Jason. I'm 40 years old, and I reside in a rural part of eastern Oregon. Before I get into my experience, I want to just state where my interest in UFOs originates. When I was probably in the fourth or fifth grade, um, I saw a commercial for Time Life's Mysteries of the Unknown. Now, in this commercial, uh, there's a segment in which they show these recurring pictures of what we would term gray aliens, and it shows it over and over again. Now, I remember the fear that I felt at that age looking at those pictures, 
and uh, subsequently anytime I'd walk around a corner I would always be afraid that I would see one or you know I thought that if I would ever look through a window uh, maybe I would see one staring at me so I would always make sure that the windows were shut the blinds were closed and they were latched that's the last kind of experience I wanted to have but that's where my interest originates I guess now the experience that I had um, it happened in uh, late June of 2011 now I'm a jogger and uh, I was jogging on this path between uh, this sports complex and the local high school where I live now westward um, are some mountains and at this time it was dusk so the sun had just set behind the peaks of those mountains but there was still a little little bit of light coming through now out of nowhere I just decided to look over to my right towards the mountains and as I look over to my right I see this flash of light and my first thought was since it was at the base of the mountain where a a lot of um, fields are that it was probably a crop duster or just a helicopter and the light was being reflected off the metallic surface I mean it seems logical enough right well as I keep looking um, I notice that it starts speeding up and that this uh, light isn't just a flash but it's a sustained ball of light Uh, now as it approaches um, what you would term a badland hill at the base of one of these mountains and it's heading southward by the way it's moving in the same direction I am so as it approaches this hill it shoots up at what I would describe to be probably a 60 degree angle and it does so very rapidly now as it goes up it heads left to my direction which is eastward and it approaches me at a high rate of speed now when it finally comes above my head there are two things that I noticed First of all, it's blinking really fast, almost as if it were a really fast strobe light. It was producing that type of effect. And at the same time, it looked like it was undulating. And this was like a, a darker shade of yellow is the color I would describe it. And you know, when I see this passing over my head, I remember distinctly thinking, oh my God, I can't believe this is actually happening. You know, you hear about this on on TV, maybe, or you read about it in books or magazines or on crazy Internet forums where where people talk about crazy things all the time. But you never really think that it's going to happen to you and you never really think that you're going to see this. Well, I saw it hands down. Now, as it passes over my head, it keeps going in the same direction and it's gaining altitude at this point. As it gets higher into the atmosphere, it pulsates three or four times and then it immediately immediately it looks like it snuffed out as if someone snuffed it out like a candle i mean it just disappeared it, it contracted and was gone now when i was on my way home i finished my jog and the 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 bizarre part about all of this is that yes i was surprised yes i was kind of excited but at the same time i had this really calm serene feeling and it didn't really feel natural to be honest uh, it felt like it was something surreal like it it didn't really happen but it did now a couple of days later my wife and I are at our friend's house eating dinner and I bring this event up to them and the reason why I did this was because the place where this light originated from when I saw it was right near their property they own property right there on the on the base of the mountain so I'm like hey guys there's something going on over here did you see anything I'd really like to know if you did and of course they didn't. Uh, and that night when we left, my wife and I, we were driving on the highway towards our house. 
and I decided to look left over into the direction where I had seen that light a couple days before ago. And I see what appears to be uh, an orange ball of light rising into the air at a steady speed, really slow and steady. So I pointed it out to my wife, and I am like, so, hey, do you see this? And she's like, yeah, I see it. So we pull over, and we get out of the car. And by the time we get out and we look up, there are now three balls of orange light in the sky, and they're forming what appeared to be an equilateral triangle. I mean, they were very evenly spaced, right? And then after looking at it for a couple of minutes, they one by one went out. Now, I'm I'm thinking about these experiences, and... You know, sometimes you think it could be anything, but I have a really weird feeling that the synchronicities in this are, are too uncanny. Um, I'm not really much of a metaphysical person in that way. I'm, I'm not really uh, into the woo factor, so to speak. But in retrospect, when I look back on these events, I ask myself, what are the odds that I would look in that direction at that time and see that light and have it pass directly over my head? almost as if it were coming in my direction purposefully for me to see it. When I first thought about this, I thought, you know what? It seems like it was trying to avoid being seen because it was going so fast. But the more I think about it, it almost seems like it wanted to be seen both times because the fact that I was looking in those directions at that specific time in that specific way. It really kind of reinforces, you know, that fear that I've always had about shutting my windows and whatnot, <laughs> especially into into my older age now, I suppose. But one thing I think that is that makes this really poignant, so to speak, is that you know some people will say, "I, I know what it is I saw. I know what I saw." You know, I, I I'm not of the same mind. I say I have no idea what I saw. I don't know what it was. However, I do know what it was not. It was not a plane. It was not a satellite. It was not a balloon. It was not a helicopter. It was nothing man-made. That's for sure. My name is Elle from Northeast Ohio. I was about seven when this sighting occurred. It was the first I can ever recall. It certainly wasn't the last, though. I loved to play this game in my backyard that I called bus driver. It's exactly the way it sounds. I walk around the yard and pretend that I was a bus driver picking the kids up to go to school. I don't know why it was fun, but I loved doing it and I did it almost every single day. This particular day, I remember there was something going on inside the house. I, um, my mom's family was over So I slipped away, went outside, and started to play my game. And when I got closer to the house, um, there was a deck on the back of the house that had a set of steps that were right at the back of the house. Like, you could go up the steps and go right inside the door. And when I got there, something compelled me to look up and look over my shoulder, kind of behind me. And there like maybe 20 or 30 feet in the air not very high off the ground was the literal definition of a flying saucer absolutely the most typical saucer that you know you could 
see in pop culture, that you usually see in pop culture. It was small, incredibly small. Like, if there were people inside, there could only be one. That's how small it was. And we lived in a ranch home that my parents had just built. So it was not, you know, it, it was, you know, exactly that, about 20 to 30 feet up, like, tall. And the craft didn't even, they, it didn't even clear the chimney. It's crazy how long the moment went on or goes on in my memory because there are so many details that I can recall. I remember it was silver, but it wasn't reflective. It had three lights that I could see, and they were turned off, but I could see what colors they would be if they were turned on. Um, (laughs) One would be blue, one would be yellow, and one would be red. And... It was just so small. That's still, to this day, one of the two things that baffles me the most is how small it was and how close it was. I had never experienced anything like this. I had never wanted to. It had never been something that was what I was interested in. I loved Barbies and Hot Wheels. I didn't care about space. I didn't care about aliens. I didn't care about any of that stuff. So for me to see this was odd. It wasn't something that I would have been seeking out. Sometimes in the memories I can recall a figure or being inside the dome on top of the craft. Sometimes I can't. I'm not sure which it would be. Maybe it was both. Maybe it was something I'm just creating in my mind. But I know what I did see. And I know that it was there in front of me. Everything was silent. Like, I, there was no sounds. I don't even know what really compelled me to look up because I was just minding my own business, playing my little bus driver game. And something caused me to look up. I ran inside. I didn't want to be around anything like that. I, when I got inside, my great-grandmother was standing right there. And she's like, oh, you look like you just saw a ghost. I'm like, all I could say was no. And <laughs> shook my head. And I didn't say anything about it to her. At some point, I did tell my parents. Um, my dad didn't believe me. My mom didn't say anything at the time, but I found out later that she most definitely did believe me. Um, My dad thought it was an excuse to go, to not have to go outside, because in the months that followed over that summer, I didn't want to go outside whether I was with someone or not. I didn't want to see that again. I would sit on the floor of my bedroom with my yellow lined tablet and draw this house, draw this girl, and then draw this flying saucer. And it was utterly silent when the incident happened, but when I was drawing these, I would always have some kind of caption on that flying saucer. It would always say something like, the one I remember the most is, L, it's us, we're not here to harm you. And 
it's like I had never known about aliens or abductions or anything like that so I don't know why I added you know those little captions onto these pictures I hid them Um, I know eventually my mom did see them but I hid them and eventually I threw them away because I was embarrassed and that's how I've felt in the following years um, since since the that first sighting there have been other sightings there's been other experiences that have that should confirm to me that I'm not crazy but I I do feel so crazy every single day for believing in you know aliens and UFOs and being on this journey of (laughs) truth seeking I used to be so shameless when in my teen young teen years I was so shameless about making trying to make people believe in it Um, I thought that if they heard my story then they would have to believe it because they know me why would I lie so therefore my story to me was the most compelling truth to them to make them believe it but I kind of became an outcast in part because of that belief and eventually I kind of shut up about it um I never I never really speak about it publicly anymore I just live and let be um there are other experiences that I've had that I shouldn't feel so insane but every single day of my life I do I completely feel crazy for seeing the things that I've seen and believing what I do they say seeing is believing but I guess sometimes even seeing it can't make you believe it Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Cameron Brower. Thanks so much for having me. 
I grew up in northern Montana, right near the Canadian border. The nearest town with over 100 people in it was about 25 miles away, so I was surrounded by millions of acres of empty prairie topped by an endless sky full of stars. And, well, in that part of Montana, you can definitely see some UFOs. I would almost guarantee that if anyone went out to that part of the prairie only a mile or so from the house that I grew up in and spend three or so nights looking, you'd probably see a UFO, probably more than one. My friends and I spent countless nights sleeping under the stars. We would stare most of the night at the sky and we would see amazing things like satellites and other things that looked like satellites, but probably weren't. These dim lights would travel across the sky just like a satellite, but they would do other things that were amazing. Just when you thought you were looking at another satellite, the small dim light above would stop or it would change direction, 90 degrees, or do a complete 180. Sometimes they would even approach other lights with identical intensity and stop, then continue on and stop at another light, sometimes stopping three or four times before they would blast across the sky at unimaginable speeds and disappear. During the summer of 1983, which was the year between my sophomore and junior year of high school, I had a job. I worked at a radio station. My usual shift was about 6 p.m. to midnight. I had my own car, and I drove the 25 miles to and from work several times a week. Um, after work, that always gave me a chance to do a lot of thinking and to also look for lights in the sky and other strange-looking lights, which were not too hard to find even when driving. So one night I was traveling home a little later than usual. I was about halfway home. There was no moon, and I was the only car on the road. This was not unusual. If you were on this stretch of highway, you were most likely a trucker going to or coming from Canada. I was listening to my AM radio in my old 66 Chevy when all of a sudden an emerald green light lit up the whole sky. And I'm talking the whole sky. The light was coming from my side of the car and I quickly looked over just in time to see the green streak the object made across and parallel to my left to the horizon. There was also a whoosh sound but not so much because of the object or the object flying through our atmosphere. It was almost like the light object made its own sound and I know that's hard to explain but there was definitely a whoosh sound. I estimate the light was more than 40 miles away, but less than 80. I could see the Rocky Mountain front behind the light, and I saw something else as well. I saw what looked like dozens of gray dots and dashes that were peppering the night sky just above the horizon of the Rockies. I knew these gray dots were the profile of some kind of craft that were probably floating in the night sky. They were absolutely in formation and I could barely make them out after the green light was totally gone but they remained there maybe for 20 seconds or more just kind of hovering then something incredible happened in formation they moved slightly forward and then made an abrupt ascent and began spiraling in formation into the sky they were in groups spiraling and heading totally vertical and then there was a flash of green at the highest point in their travel and they became one gray streak that actually glowed a little grayer in the sky as they continued straight up. They definitely seemed to bleed into one streak as they stretched up and out of sight in an incredible flash and, and an incredible demonstration of speed. 
and in less than a second they were gone. There was another brief flash of green at that point, very high in the sky, and they disappeared. I didn't get the impression they were making that green glow at all. I am definitely thinking they were under fire or making an escape. I couldn't see anything pursuing them, but for sure they were trying to flee something. So I can't help but wonder if I witnessed some kind of interstellar battle right here on Earth, right in the middle of Montana. Thank you so much for having me. I love your podcast, Ryan. Good luck. Hi, Ryan. This is Brandy from Omaha calling in my story. Back in October of 2011, my then-fiancé and I were driving home from dinner one night, and it was still kind of early, so we decided we were going to hit a couple of the local bars on the way home. Um, On our way back, we were coming over this expressway, and looking up, there was probably about 7 to 10 reddish, amberish colored lights all throughout the sky. Um, We really wanted to pull over and just watch them, but there was really nowhere on this expressway to pull over safely, so we just kind of slowed down and just kept staring at them and driving. And It didn't really seem like any of the other drivers were paying any attention to them. Nobody else was slowing down. Nobody else was pulling over or anything. Um, So we were just kind of watching them as we were trying to drive, and we just kept noticing more and more of them just kind of just kept blinking out. There, one of them remained by the time that we got parked to go into one of the bars and it, the thought that struck me was I just got past this uh, and that thought just kind of kept just rolling around in my head and it it sat with me for some time but I kind of didn't think in any, anything else of it and then a few years later I had kind of a whirlwind of experiences all just kind of happened at the same time uh, I kind of started back up again in April of 2015. I awoke to the sound of this tapping noise, um, what would have been on one window or corner of the house. So I went to go see what was making the noise. And that's when I noticed there was another light outside of the window. And it was just kind of flashing this erratic, white, red, multicolor blink to it. And it was just kind of fascinating. And I was watching it for a little bit. And I would notice it would kind of just bounce and weave and move around just enough to be noticeable but not really go anywhere and I think I sat and watched it for maybe about an hour before I just finally got tired of it and went to bed and for the next few nights it was just there and every night and then after about a week or so I stopped seeing it Um, after that point I just kind of got hit with a flurry of just synchronicities and all kind of all these little signs pointing to things that were going on in my life and I had this mad rush to try and read and take in and consume anything I could about UFOs, aliens, uh, experiencers, anything of that fashion and it it was just a non-stop drive to try and consume everything that I could and I think in that time A lot of childhood memories came back of stuff that has happened to me collectively over the years. And I had one experience that I always thought was a dream, but turned out, thinking back, I don't really think that was the case. Um, I lived right next to my grandparents when I was little. And so during the summer when my parents were at work, I had free reign to bounce between my grandma's house and mine. And one summer afternoon, I was playing in my room and 
my room had four windows in it because it was kind of on the back corner of the house and they were pretty tall I'd say maybe about 10 feet off the ground or so Uh, I had this girl come and tap at my window and I didn't think anything of it because I had half sisters that would sometimes come and visit me and so I I just didn't really think anything of it and I didn't know this one girl in particular but I remember her coming to play with me one other time and she she had red hair and for some reason I thought she was another one of my half sisters because I only saw them once every couple times a year so I, I I mean I was small maybe like four or five so I didn't really pay attention to who some of these people were and this girl she came tapping at my window and I remember thinking how did you get up there and she wanted me to come outside and play and so I did I don't really remember going out but I did and we were playing on the swing set and I kept asking her how did you get up to the window well then I had there was a little piece of tin that was up against the side of the house well she said she climbed up it I tried to replicate it and I couldn't I just blew it off and I didn't think anything else of it and it was a little later we were playing on the swing set and she kept trying to ask me to do something and I don't remember what the question was but I was just so distraught and I remember thinking you're mean I don't want you to come and play with me anymore and she kept just trying to convince me to to go with her and I didn't want to go with her and then the next thing I remember I'm standing in the backyard and behind my bedroom there was a fenced off garden and in this garden was this little scout ship thing and I remember standing there and she was there and I was begging her that I didn't want to go inside of this thing and she she was just it was like she'd just gotten really mean and pushy and she was making me and I was pleading not to do it I don't remember ever actually going inside of it but I do remember being inside of it on this like dark table it was dark in there and it had this weird like amber kind of lighting against the floor and that's all I remember but instead of being face up I was like face down on the table like and I remember being told not to look Um, and I at that point I went from being upset to just angry because this girl was talking to whoever was behind me and I wasn't allowed to look and I was mad about it and I remember uh, just laying there crying and crying and the next thing I knew I was back in bed and just sobbing and I remember just having such relief thinking oh that was such a terrible dream but after that I remember having friends over and I remember showing them this girl came up to my window and she climbed up and we were trying to climb up the back part of the house like how this girl was to get up how she was and I I could never do it and I don't know how she did it so thinking back it really wasn't a dream it it really did happen um and so it there's just a lot of other experiences I'd be happy to call in sometime um but that was that was one of the major wake-up calls I've had and I've had uh, a lot of mornings where I've had weird dreams where I felt like they were in my room with me I've woken up with marks to correspond with the kinds of dreams I've had Um, and it's it was really crazy in some way I was kind of happy that I had some sort of justification to all the weird things that have happened my entire life and then also it was 
very alarming because I have no control over it and it's kind of lonesome because you don't really have anybody you can talk to about it thankfully my dad has kind of had similar experiences so he has been kind of my saving grace and that I can talk to him about some of the goings-on in my life and we have had a few sort of shared events um, so that's been nice but for the most part it's it's opened my eyes to a lot of things and it's made me appreciate and take great value in life and, and just kind of have a whole new outlook on humanity. And also it's very stressful because you never know when things are going to flare up again and you have no control of how it's going to affect your life outwardly. Um, and you, a lot of times you just want to talk to somebody about it and you don't always have that opportunity. So you're struggling with things in kind of your private life that you can't really explain to anybody else. And so it's taught me to have a really good balancing act in life. But I thank you for having a platform for us to share our stories. We appreciate hearing that we're, we're not the only people that experience things like this. So thanks, Ryan. At about 4.44 p.m., on November 26, 2009, when I walked out of the AVRC facility in Danville, Virginia, they didn't come from anywhere. They didn't suddenly beam in. There they were, two 20-foot orbs, glowing, beautiful light, uh, rose-colored light, with a thin layer of yellow light around each one, one slightly set higher in the sky, uh, only about 120 feet from the ground, only about 120 feet from where I was standing. And um, I should have said something profound, but all I could say was, well, will you look at that? I grabbed my binoculars out of my truck, which is right there, and watched as the first one that I got into focus, the lower one in the sky, began to develop a lip of invisibility that covered the whole sphere in the course of about 14 seconds after which I moved my binoculars to look at the other one. It, too, began to have a lip of invisibility that formed and took about 14 seconds to completely cloak it. Ultimately, the meaning uh, can be boiled down to this. As we cannot see the stars during the day, or we cannot see the air we breathe, it does not mean it does not exist or they do not exist. What do I draw from the whole experience? that great things are coming with living for, with dying for. And obviously, we are not alone. My name is Tim McMillan, and in 2011, I saw something in the sky that I still cannot find a prosaic explanation for. It ultimately thrust me down the rabbit hole of the entire UFO enigma. Uh, that particular night, it was December. It was a very cold night. And I was leaving a friend of mine's house uh, in Rankin, Georgia, just outside Savannah. It's about 11, 11.30 at night, and me and her were just talking in her front yard. And I remember it was a really bitterly cold night. And living here on the coast, it's really on those coldest nights are the only times you get to see really nice, beautiful, starry skies. Typically the humidity, uh, we don't get to see some of those really picturesque night scenes that other people get to see and so we were chatting and just um, 
you know, hanging out before I left. And it, admittedly, I, I've always been a stargazer and always had a fascination with the sky. And so I was gazing up in the air when suddenly, um, you know, inexplicably, out of the blue, these three bright lights uh, just popped up as if somebody was flipping a light switch. And they were in a straight line. And uh, they were the brightest color white you could possibly imagine, but yet also had kind of a, a antique yellow tinge to them. It's, it's hard to describe, but they were, they just, like I said, it was like somebody cut on a light switch. And uh, it was one of these events. It's, it's not something where uh, you see something strange in the sky and you go, hey, what's that? Now, this was something as soon as it emerged, uh, both me and my friend were, were just, holy cow, look at that. I mean, it just dominated the night sky and f- right in front of us. And um, perfectly in a straight little row, you know, they were probably about the size of a pea if you held it out at arm's length. Uh, And they were evenly spaced, almost in a sequence. And they stayed like that for, I don't know, 10, 15 seconds. And then they all three just went out again, as if somebody just cut out a light switch. And so, you know, we were standing there dumbfounded. What, What was that? What could that have been? And, and they were kind of low on the horizon as well. And uh, you know, it definitely didn't look like anything we had ever seen before. And they, they stayed off for probably another 15, 20 seconds. And then all of a sudden, the same three lights cut right back on. Except this time there were two other lights. And, and all of them were in a row. As if they, in a, they were attached to a straight uh, level surface except the, the two additional lights that came on, they were spaced uh, a little distance away from the first three. And it was only when an, all five of them just cut on like that abruptly that I suddenly realized that against the ambient light of the horizon, there appeared to be this kind of rectangular, almost like a giant pizza box that, that seemed to be blocking out the ambient light on the horizon. Um, I mean, if this thing was a solid structure, it was huge um, and low flying. Uh, it didn't make any noise. And, and with all five lights popped up, the, the lights themselves were so bright, it was, it was kind of difficult to see. But you could see the, the very straight edges of what looked like a giant pizza box. <laughs> um, I don't know what color other than it was darker, darker enough that it, it kind of blocked out the, the city lights there. And um, all five lights stayed on like that for probably another 20 seconds or so. And then all five just disappeared. Again, it was as if somebody was flipping a switch on and then off. At the time, I, uh, I was a police officer. I was a sergeant. I ran a shift, a patrol shift. Uh, I'd end up being a lieutenant before I retired. And the officer who was with me, she she was a sergeant. She still is a sergeant with the police force. And so we were accustomed to working nights. We worked in an area where there's a lot of military activity, Hunter Army Airfield, Fort Stewart, uh, the Marine Air Station at Beaufort, um, the Air National Guard Base. And so we've seen plenty of military planes and aircraft. And But this was not anything like I've ever seen before either of us. Um, 
in addition, it was not in an area of the sky that should have... Uh, it was not typical for commercial or military aircraft. It wasn't in one of the, the typical flight lanes. And to this day, I, I have no idea, and I've never seen anything that could possibly explain what we saw. Uh, to my knowledge, there's, n- there's no flying craft uh, that I'm aware of. They're as large as this thing. I mean, if, if that solid pizza box shape was a solid structure, this thing would have to have been three or four football fields big. It was massive. Uh, but as soon as those lights cut off, it was as if it just disappeared. And, um, I mean, I, that just... I, uh, I love... I love mysteries. I I love solving mysteries. And so that was such a mysterious occurrence that it drove me crazy. And it ended up igniting this passion and interest to determine what have we seen. And and like I said, it thrust me down that rabbit hole of really, I guess, getting into ufology and and trying to uh, effort to explain what what was it that we saw that night. And and so it, it definitely captured my curiosity it fascinated me and to this day i would still love to know what it is that i saw the friend that i was with she uh, it kind of scared her because it was just so outside of the norm of what is supposed to happen and um the thing that would ultimately end up shocking me the most is in my efforts to try to determine what was this that I saw. I remember, you know, doing like every other, uh, you know, normal modern person in society and hitting on Google and typing all sorts of different search terms to try to figure out uh, if I could determine, you know, anything that could account for this. And uh, I ended up on MUFON's website. And when I started looking through their sighting reports at the time they were publicly available I was shocked to find out that that very same night about 15-20 minutes before our sighting um, in a city just west of us which was the direction that we were observing this object uh, somebody else had reported it to move on and uh, that was shocking because um there was no doubt in my mind that it was real, uh, but to have an independent eyewitness in a totally different area that I still to this day have no clue who those people are, but to corroborate what we had seen, they saw exactly, they described exactly what we had seen. Well, now this became very, very real. There's no no other remaining doubts that somehow we, we could have hallucinated this, though I never really believed that to begin with and so then it became very real because I became a part of I had seen something with someone else uh, that equally saw it that now it was real and uh, I did end up I ended up reporting the sighting and I think that was one of the one of the sombering moments was when after the investigator you know several weeks they had looked into it and uh, he spoke to me on the phone and I said well what what is it and he said I, it's a UFO we don't know yeah, that was uh, <laughs> like I said I like solving mysteries and that didn't stick with me and still hasn't to this day and so for the past eight years since then I've been very heavily involved in trying to determine not just what I saw but what are other people seeing and so it, uh, it, 
ultimately all began that one December night. And uh, yeah, I don't expect anybody to believe it just by my word, but I most definitely know what I saw. And it wasn't flares, it wasn't uh, pareidolia, it wasn't anything like that. It was something. What that something was, I don't know, but it was definitely real. Somewhere in the Skies is produced by Third Kind Productions in association with the Entertainment One Podcast Network. To learn more, visit entertainmentonepodcast.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.